0: Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
0: I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my brand new podcast, "Beast: The Murder of Nora Sheen," streaming now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: She'd gone to visit her grandmum, who had a small shop in Newbridge. Then she was walking home, seen by neighbours. Then, about 400 metres from her home, she was seen outside her house, and then she was gone. And the investigation into that, into Deirdre's um, disappearance, was pretty much, like, immediate. Within hours, something was terribly wrong here. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast
0: about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld, in Ireland and across the globe. A new documentary about Ireland's vanishing triangle, which is streaming on Sky, focuses on the missing women linked to the sinister Larry Murphy, and how he remains a free man. The series, which suggests an underground chamber could hold clues to the mysteries, and which details how Murphy became the chief suspect in the murder of Deirdre Jacob, makes for chilling viewing. And today, I'm talking to the journalist Geraldine Nyland, who lies at the heart of the story in her relentless pursuit for answers in the cases. We discuss how Murphy has changed his name and now lives as an ordinary carpenter in London, and how he has played cat and mouse with Gardy for decades. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. We're going to start with the disappearance and the murder of a lady called Antoinette, Angie Smith. She was 27, a mother of two daughters, and it was 1987. So tell us what happened to her.
1: Well, the last um, sighting of, of um, Antoinette was uh, she had attended the David Bowie concert in Slane with her friend and neighbour. Mm hmm and um, and they after the concert they came back into the city uh they went for a couple of drinks um there was a nightclub as far as i know in uh in the the, the old Gresham mm-hmm. and then they left that um met um two people they knew um and uh her friend wanted to go home but Antonette wanted to party on yeah so, because actually Antoinette was staying with her friend uh, that that night, and so uh, her friend uh, just flung the keys on the ground and just departed. Um, Antoinette um, then went to Delir Street, had something to eat, and then took a taxi uh, with these two guides to uh, Rathfarnham, and from there we know nothing. Until until six months later, um, this guy, this man was out walking uh, with his two kids and his dog, and um, they were. Uh, it's, it's kind of a bog area um, uh, at Glendo Wood, and the next thing when they, they were going across the there's a little stream, and then up up into the bog, uh, his daughter started screaming and um, there was Antoinette Smith she the the ditch where she had been uh, buried had come away because of the the water mm. flow and there she was so would she have been cast out of a car or would she have been dragged yep. to that place oh no there's no way yeah. would she have been cast out of a car mm. um, it's along the military road um, and in fact the location was as I said there was a stream uh, running parallel to the road and uh, there was a makeshift um a makeshift bridge which was made actually out of a, the old base of a of a of a of a bed yeah so you actually went across the stream by going on the the side bits of mm-hmm. of, of the wooden part what you know what is the that's how you got there so there's no way you could drive a car up there no
0: One of these places that, you know, as journalists, we kind of examine scenes Mm -hmm. as much as anything else that sort of maybe say you'd need to know the area? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And um, also uh, one of the guards who was uh, an inspector at the time who was investigating this, because that would have been based out of Rathfarnham, um, he he always said that it must have taken two people to, to bring the body across. Mm-hmm. Now, I always argued with him that, um, in fact, even if you were a hunter or whatever, you would be used to carrying, mm-hmm. you know, kind of dead animals on your shoulder. And um, so I disputed that with him. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us, and, you know, we
0: will come back to Antoinette Smith and the significance of it, but it brings us to two places. Firstly, to the mountains. Yeah. And secondly, to the next sort of significant things that happens is a series of disappearances of women. Mm-hmm. Um I think their names are very familiar to people. Mm-hmm. Um the first one that, that's next from the is it Jojo Dullard?
1: We have Annie.
0: Annie, of course. Yeah. Annie McCarrick, yeah. who was originally from Long Island in New York and she disappeared in nineteen ninety-three. Right. This is six years later. Yeah. Yeah. So Last confirmed sighting of her from memory was in Sandymount where she was living and she was supposed to have taken a, bu- bus, a bus up to go for a walk, Correct. possibly on her own. There's some dispute about all that, although they seem pretty sure that she took that bus.
1: Yes, um, it is. Uh, she was actually sighted um, at the bus stop um, in, uh, in Renla uh, by, in the queue uh, ahead of her was... Uh, Uh, this girl that she worked with who would have known her. Yes, exactly. So that's really the last positive sighting we have of her.
0: And I suppose to explain that when they're looking for sightings in in these mysterious disappearances, if somebody sees a photograph of somebody and they don't know them and they say, yes, I think I saw them on the bus or yes, I definitely saw them on the mm-hmm. bus. That's not as good a sighting as somebody who knows Correct. because you will not mistake and you don't need to be shown a photograph. You know the person, person. Right. and you may have nodded at them or whatever. But So that's a really, really firm sighting, mm-hmm. isn't
1: it? It is. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is, Nicola, that... Um, uh, this, this person that she worked with, um, Annie was ahead of her in the queue. Yeah. And so she didn't actually, you know, uh, say hello to her. Yeah. And actually Annie went upstairs uh, uh, on the on the bus. Right. Whereas the friend was only going a few stops and she stayed downstairs. Downstairs, yeah. 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 So in fact, even that friend can't confirm where she got off the bus. Mm-hmm.
0: But the suspicion is she got off the bus um, up in the mountains mm. and went for a walk again. We've no idea what happened after that. She just literally vanishes off the trace, the face of the earth.
1: Yeah. Um, Also, Nicola, then um, we do know that she was intending to go uh, walking. And the reason we know that is because she had called her friend, um, Anne, um, to see if Anne would go with her. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, Anne, um, she had a sore leg and she couldn't make it. You also have to look at the time frame uh, because it's like March and then you have, you know, uh, loss of light, yeah. you know, and yeah. all, the, all those kind of things. Um, and then there's, uh, again, um, uh, a police contact who, again, was an inspector in Bray at the time. He would have headed up the, um, the searches uh, around Enniskerry. Uh, around mm-hmm and um, his people would have interviewed the bus driver and, you know, people who uh, disembarked in scary. But... uh, There was a huge
0: amount of publicity around, it it always was. You know, she was an American student living here in Ireland and her parents were distraught. Her mother remains... I think her father's passed away. Yes. But they were very kind of media... They used the media a lot, even from the beginning. Yeah. And there was lots of reconstructions done. Correct. And it certainly was never and is not a forgotten no. case. No. And yet, there's been no sign. No. Mm. So,
1: so the, really the, the question is, did she actually go into Enniskerry? Uh, mm-hmm. Or did she get off the bus to meet someone before that? Yeah. You know, on that journey? Now
0: next is a kind of a cluster of uh, disappearances and um what occurs is the guardy eventually set up a thing called Operation, Operation Trace, trace yeah. in order to see if there's any links between these uh cases if they can I mean they look at all sorts of things I think people are interested in what they do look at and they look at victimology and they look at you know profiling uh Mm -hmm. offenders, they look at the last Mm -hmm. movements, they look to see if there's anything that links them and what came of Operation Trace uh, and what was their sort of discoveries about these women and maybe we'll talk about the cases they looked at. Okay. So there was Fiona Pender, Kira Breen, Fiona Sinnott, Jojo Dollard,
1: Annie McCarrick.
0: They were the women. They actually actually targeted
1: six women. Six women, yeah. Um, as As the kind of the main target uh, or the yeah, main target uh, for Operation Trace. Um. The remit was to see, was there basically yeah. links between connection. the cases. Yeah.
0: They weren't really encouraged to say the word serial killer no. ever no. Uh, and try to avoid it as much as they could at the time. And that is quite understandable because it is going to create a hysteria yeah. um, if if you're putting out in public that there's a, a guard a unit set up to try and find a serial killer. But I think what they found was, from their investigations, clear suspects for the case of Kira Breen. She was 17 and from Dundalk in yeah. County Louth. she went missing in 97. Um, for Fiona Sinnott, who was 19 from Ross in County Wexford, mm-hmm. and she went missing in February 1998. Mm-hmm. And for uh, Fiona Pender, a 25-year-old from Tullamore in Offaly, who went missing in 1996. Mm-hmm. So the other three, Jojo jo, Dullard, Kira Bree and of course Deirdre Jacob,
2: mm-hmm.
0: who I had forgotten to mention in the in the beginning of it, yeah. they were the cases that they sort of came away from Operation Trace, seeing possible connections with.
1: Yes, um, I suppose because. Um, uh they were so the ge- geography um and the last sightings are are so closely um, positioned uh I geographically suppose, geographically mm-hmm. um i suppose at kind of around thirty kilometers uh from one to another yeah um and the time frame also you know is it we're not talking years yeah we're talking like months or maybe a year at the most so um This does give cause for concern.
0: Yeah, and to dig down deeper into that, I suppose, Mm. in the other cases where they continuously look for evidence and they're also looking for the remains of those women, even though none of those cases, I think, have been um, classified as a murder inquiry. But they all possibly had things going on in the background in their lives that created a suspect or certainly a person of interest in their cases. Mm. In the case of Deirdre Jacob, and she went missing in Newbridge on the 28th of July, 1998, Mm. um, in the case of um, Jojo Dullard Mm -hmm. and in the case of Annie McCarrick, Mm. there was nothing going on in the background of their lives to suggest that there was anybody they had animosity with, that they were doing anything other than planning for the future. So they were kind of random and also they just
1: literally disappear. And I think in particular in the case of Deirdre Jacob. That was um, the case of Deirdre Jacob was the one that kind of set off alarm bells. Yeah, um, because she uh, was home for the summer. She was doing teacher training uh, in the UK and uh, she just finished her first year. She seemed to be happy. Uh, she'd gone uh, that particular day uh, to uh, firm up her accommodation uh, for the next uh, for the next year in the UK. Uh, she went to the bank uh, in Newbridge, and that was to get money um, to then post mm-hmm. to um, to the accommodation address that she had uh, agreed to take. Uh, she'd gone to visit her grandmum who had a small shop, uh, again, in Newbridge. Uh, then she was walking home, uh, seen by neighbours, uh, then about 400 uh, metres from, or 400 yards or whatever, from her home, she was seen outside her house mm. uh, uh, in Rosebury. And then she was gone. Mm. And the investigation into that, into Deirdre's um, disappearance was pretty much like immediate within right. hours right something was terribly wrong here and not a trace and not a trace
0: not a trace nothing left behind on the road side no, outside nothing, the house nothing nothing nobody saw any suspicious activity no She's and actually and funny it's gone. a very
1: busy road yeah um so it was Extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary. I mean, I suppose for the the detectives that started working
0: on that, you know, the hope, of course, is somebody's going to show up, that they, whatever has happened or they've gone off and all the rest of it. She wasn't the type for a start. But it must have been utterly baffling for them to realise they got her almost to her front door. Yeah,
1: it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And also, if you think about it, um, um, the daring um, kind of move to To abduct her mm. um, on this road, which is which is busy, so the chances are, you know, you're really pushing pushing your luck here, yeah, um, that you're not spotted. Um, but that's what
0: happened. So, Operation Trace, as we say, got underway, and they were quickly enough able to establish that maybe the other cases had clear suspects. These three cases are sort of kicking around in the same kind of mm. area possibly they there could have been the perpetrator, they couldn't, you know, because, of course, every good detective will tell you you have to keep an open mind, which is a boring <laughs> thing when you're a journalist to have to write, but it's very true because yeah. sometimes, you know, you can go down one direction and close off your mind, mind to yeah. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So they were kind of keeping an open mind, but realising that they possibly were um, connected. And with that, I think as it was beginning to wind down Operation Trace... A
1: man is arrested. Yeah.
0: This so tell, tell us what interesting. happened. Yes.
1: Um, this was uh, in 2000. Uh, yeah, you are right. It was beginning to wind down. Uh, Operation Trace. And then you could almost say out of the blue came this offender. Um, this man had uh, abducted um, uh, a young woman from Carlo. She had closed her business that evening. Uh, he um, approached her car um, banged the door um, against her face, broke her nose uh, started saying oh give me the money give me the money because it was her business and she had cash uh, from the business but that really wasn't what he was after at all Uh, now again this is the daring um, aspect uh, if you like uh, it was a car park uh, in the middle of uh, Carlo. Uh, he then uh, made her take off her shoes uh, and her brown. He tied her hands behind her back. He shoved her into the passenger seat, mm-hmm. then drove a couple of uh, yards to another part of the car park and then transferred her to the boot of his own car. Now, the chances again yeah, of being seen seen or somebody just coming out uh, uh it's it's extraordinary. Yeah. Really. This guy high is risk. a risk taker. Yeah. Uh then he drove her to one location um uh which is about forty kilometers from from Carlo, uh Beaconstown. Uh then he raped her uh then put her back into the car and then uh, drove again um I would say probably around fourteen kilometers. Um, took her out. Um, uh, she felt that when he was driving, that she that she was going up kind of a, a hill. Uh, then he took her out, brutally raped her again, uh, and by absolute fluke, fluke, two um, came down the the hill. And he became aware of the, the lamps and uh, one of them recognized him. Right. Which is like extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Then um, he had already put a plastic bag over her head. He'd already also told her the name of his kids, whatever else. So she knew the chances uh, of her, you know, of being let go were mm-hmm. remote almost. And um, then uh, he was, as I said, he'd done the plastic bag. Uh, and then these two guys appeared out of, absolutely out of nowhere. Um, and the, one of them recognised uh, this person to be Larry Murphy. Yeah. And he sped the scene. They tried, you know, spent a lot of time trying to camera down. They brought her then eventually to Bolton Glass Police Station.
0: And that night, Larry Murphy went home to That's his right. wife. He did. And got into bed. Indeed. Slept. Yep. Next morning... Police came it, to the door. That's right. And he went. Because
1: they had the, his house under surveillance yeah. overnight. Yeah. And um, when they arrived into the house to arrest him, uh, he he uh, went to the bathroom and uh, one of the, the police, uh, the guards w- went with him and only kept on saying, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Um, I flipped. Mm hmm. That was his only comment. Thing that he had to say. Yeah. So this is the first
0: time he's really come on the guard radar, even right. though locally he's been, there's kind of reports of him acting a bit creepy in pubs around women, but I always wondered were they in hindsight, you know what I mean? Mm. when we know now what we know of him, and Larry Murphy became almost the bogeyman yeah. as he became linked to possibly a suspect in these missing women's cases. Mm-hmm. But people do talk about some of his behaviours Um I think he was inappropriate with women we can say.
1: Yes, he would um first of all he's he he was a loner. Um and he would sometimes make comments um about women um or even to women. Uh, that he didn't like the way they dressed or their makeup or you mm. know those kind of things. Um I remember but, talking to some people, and they would say, "Oh, he'd come into the pub, and he'd just stare over, and they'd yeah. feel a bit creeped, creeped out, out by yeah, him." You know, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. A bit creeped out. But I don't think it's 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 kind of uh, after the event. There were, I mean, he was in a row between uh, between a couple of the guys in, in, in a pub where he um, was inappropriate to to one of their friends, Right. The and they so, stepped in. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, it didn't just these stories didn't just suddenly arrive after he was arrested. Yeah, they were already in the in, in the ether. in the up in yeah. And he was a carpenter, and he was on the road a bit. And um, yeah, he was a master carpenter. Yeah, his 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 um, forte was making spiral staircases. Right. Um, oh, yeah, and he he would travel um, to sites and whatever else um, and to projects. So he was. Number one, a loner. Uh, number two, he the opportunity to move around the place mm. um, and yet somebody who could marry and have children. Correct. You know. Yeah. Uh, he was living d- almost like a. Well, we we can now say we can now was say, he yeah. yeah living a double life. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So he's arrested for this horrendous rape, and you know you always have to kind of say to people that what well, these cases are. Every Woman's Worst Nightmare. Mm-hmm. They are very rare. It's not often that somebody comes along and picks a stranger up and does something like that to them.
1: But yeah, these are very, very rare. Yeah. And I suppose one of the interesting things about when I was doing the research initially was to find these uh, this cluster, if you like. Yeah. Um, that, again, is incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... Um, So Larry Murphy was first and foremost arrested
0: for this crime that he'd been caught in the process of committing Mm -hmm. and he charges were levelled against him and he would ultimately be brought to court. But the officers in Trace, which had sort of got their loose connections possibly between three victims Mm -hmm. um, and had been through possible suspects, I'm sure they had a list of people, you know, Mm -hmm violent towards women and etc. But they were really alert to this for a number of reasons. And these are some of the MOs that we're going to describe. Firstly, he had overcome her in such a public place. Exactly. Um, And secondly, the sort of the area that he used and where he lived. Because at some point during Operation Trace, they'd got a profile of who this perpetrator, if there was one, uh, could be. And the profile said that he would have been local. That he would have been a family man and he would have been sort of hiding in open sight in this sort of respectable world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the officers from Trace were immediately interested in this Larry Murphy guy.
1: Okay. So what happens next? What happens next? Um, First of all, uh, when he was arrested, um, he uh, denied the charges or whatever. And then, of course, obviously, he changed his plea. You also have to bear in mind, like, he was uh, charged for several counts, not only of abduction, but several counts of uh, rape, Mm -hmm. you know, at least four. Yeah. And attempted murder. Yeah. So in the end, he pleaded guilty to all of those charges. uh, And so, in other words, kind of shut down the case. Yeah. Um, Do you mean that we didn't have a trial? No. We didn't hear the evidence? No. We
0: didn't see if he was ever going to... I mean, during a trial, you get a kind of an intimacy even with the, the person in the dock because yeah. you're watching them and you can see how they behave. Correct. And you can just get a little get a feeling. You can yeah. get a feeling. So all of that was simply he pleaded guilty. Wiped. And there was a victim impact statement from, from the the lady yeah. in question. Yeah. She very bravely she did, yeah. gave her victim yeah. impact statement. Yeah. But not only that, she was able to, because she'd lived to tell the tale, she was able to give details and... Um, You know, insightful details about what happened her, Mm -hmm. and they were able to then reverse the information she gave. She gave them to kind of profile Larry Murphy, really, correct. And what he could have done before Um, from memory wasn't there. Children's toys in the back seat. Oh, that's right. She felt around the car,
1: and there was maybe a child seat in the car. There definitely was a child seat. Yeah, you know. So again, that's the planning part uh, where. Who is ever going to suspect um a vehicle, you know, with a abduct, an abducted female yeah. in a car with in a car with a, a child's seat. Yes. It was the perfect cover. Yeah. You know? Um and kids, toys, mm-hmm. you know. So um so in that sense he planned it very well. Yeah. Now we have to also remember that you know one of the things we did discover. Um, is that Larry Murphy was a, number one a loner, but number two he was a, a very seasoned hunter. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, you know, with hunting, in other words, he had uh, over the years um, he would he was used to waiting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: observing,
0: and then striking. Yeah, and also maybe knowing a terrain. You know, in 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 the area we've called the Vanishing Triangle. Mm. Which is rough terrain underfoot uh, in the daytime, let alone what that it's like at well, it night. It's black at night. Yeah, there is no lighting. There's no lighting, it's so it is a skill black. to be able to
1: manoeuvre your yeah. way around that. But you know, also Nicola, that um, the the um, the this terrain uh, isn't a million miles away from from where he lives. Yeah, uh, it's only really a very I don't know maybe five kilometres away. Mm. Um, Relibbed. Uh, lived. <laughs> gone, Sorry. of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you would think, even with profiling, for example, even with geographical profiling, uh, normally speaking, uh, if what you, the theory is that uh, criminals or whatever offenders, they kind of leave a shadow. Yeah. And normally it's, um, they begin their, 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 a series of crimes, the furthest away from from their home or a, a, a an area where they're comfortable with, mm-hmm. but the furthest part, uh, furthest from from their base, and then they they move around that. Um, mm. So you find that uh, almost like in a circle. Uh, then you would look to the middle of the of the the circle, yeah, and that's most likely the area where they where they would um live. 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 Yeah. But he no, took I huge risk.
0: From profiling point of view, there there was always so much that, that everybody was working blind on this on these missing women and everything. Yeah. And first and foremost that there was no crime scenes and no bodies. No. So all that anybody was able to work from was where they were abducted from or Correct. where they were last seen. Yes. And all of those points you're talking about are within this area and of course his house is mm-hmm. very nearby. Um, but obviously if you had crime scenes and it would, you know, be e- easier maybe to profile yeah, what's going correct. on and to ge- geographically yeah. locate the kind of most likely um, place where a, a suspect would be living. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, Larry Murphy goes to prison and he's locked up at least for 10 years. Correct. And over that time, investigators in the background are working away on these cases, mm-hmm. hoping for a breakthrough.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course.
0: And? Nothing happens. Nothing happens. No. And do you mean nothing happens from the point of view? Do you think that work was being done there in the background? Enough work? Or were they just, had the, had a lot of these cases literally hit a stone wall? Um,
1: I suppose... Um, you can say that some work was being done, certainly um in dear to Jacob's case, for example um because um again, because that was so sudden and yeah. and an, an incredible kind of mystery as to where what happened to her mm-hmm. um, but I suppose also you can investigate and investigate, but if you've if you've nothing to go on, yeah, they've already covered the ground. Um, several times and um, and it's like looking for a needle in a haystack
0: looking for a body I mean you often hear people saying why can't they just go out and search but it's just where
1: are you going to search where are you going to start I mean have you seen the terrain you know Mm. what I mean that we're looking at it's vast yeah vast I mean
0: um, you wouldn't know where to start you wouldn't know where to start exactly so that was a no go zone to go looking for although they did do 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 some geographical they did searches for Deirdre
1: yeah, yeah, and physical, you know, dig in the ground, yeah. whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I suppose the only point that you would have is uh, where, um, he, uh, where he, where um, he kind of absconded, if you, like, when uh, with the Carla woman, as yeah. in uh, when he was discovered by the two. Uh, uh, that's the only
0: area that you have. Yes, of course. To start with. And that um, mightn't have been where he last although although where he before yeah, he yeah. was caught that time, he had put a plastic bag Correct, over, over, the, her head. over her head. Yeah. Which is what brought you back to where we started with Antoinette Smith, because mm-hmm. when her body was found, um, there was a plastic bag over her head and there was a knot tied in a particular way that Correct. was similar.
1: Yeah. In fact there were two plastic bags over her head. Um now when uh, w- when her body was discovered and um when the state pathologist who at the time was john Harbison mm-hmm. when he did his um called post mortem um he couldn't be conclusive about whether it was the bag uh, the bags over her head which had um smothered her yeah. or whether she was uh, dead before
2: mm-hmm.
1: beforehand, so that was unfortunate that um he couldn't go any further, but I think with new DNA, which keeps developing all the time, yeah, and we have uh, had uh, very um, incredible kind of breakthroughs uh, with the advancement of DNA. For example, John Creer, yeah, um, that uh, maybe you know now we've even had further advances that we go back. You yes. have to just keep going keep back. Going, keep looking. Yeah. But there's certainly a lot of
0: elements in the case of Antoinette Smith and the rape victim who survived a murder attempt yes, on her yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that could possibly link those two was her shoes uh, yes, found? Yes. No. 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 So Antoinette Smith's shoes were removed. And she certainly had them on her. We know well, that if she was would, out uh, for uh, God's sake at a yeah, concert yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yes. also then
1: out afterwards, exactly. you know, continue.
0: You know, if she was, yeah. Right. What she had shoes. Okay. And how unusual would that be in cases where bodies were found without shoes?
1: Most unusual. Mm. Most unusual. So they are the kind of MOs that are left behind. Yeah. Do you know? And
0: they're the kind of strands, the links that are, are keep, you know, are drawing these cases. These together. Toge- yeah. Together. Yeah. 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 Um, in prison, he befriended two other inmates. He was a kind of a loner in prison, I think. Oh, he, he was, was from yeah, all yeah, accounts. Yeah. But he befriended two men who were also serious criminals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at one point, as it was coming up to his release, I think the guards who had worked on Operation Trace were now in the serious crime review team, mm-hmm. went in to talk to them. Correct. To ask them, had Larry Murphy ever said anything about any of these cases, and to talk to him. um. And did they also put the new evidence in the Deirdre Jacob case to him at that stage? I mean, he was released, I think it was 20 Ten. 2010, was it? Was it all that time ago? Mm-hmm. Where's the years gone? I know. Um, but certainly I recall that he was quizzed if he would anything to tell them is all they could really ask him. And yep. he said no. No, he said no. He didn't want to talk to them. But uh, maybe it's in the years since that the new sort of strands of evidence has come up in the Deirdre Jacob case. Yeah. Um, him to he the uh,
1: was friends with one of the, one one guy uh, uh, in prison. Um, now this this person had been uh, imprisoned. Uh, he um, assaulted uh, um, a man. Uh, he actually came from the Midlands. He assaulted him, and um, the man fell and obviously died. Um, he was the one who actually contacted um, the Garthi, right? And um, said that he had, like, he would like to make a statement, which he did do. Uh, so this guy had been r- drinking with Larry Murphy, one of the cell. Yeah, that's right. When uh, he said about when he told them details about Deirdre Jacob, etc., um, the reasoning for it was, uh, according to his statement, um, that he. Um, Wanted to make the statement because he had a daughter himself. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to get um, some kind of um, early, release early release or anything. Or anything. This wasn't. Mm-hmm. He said, I have killed a man and I deserve to serve my time. Right. So um, out of that came uh, finally um, a review of the George Jacob case.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now that nice. they got pissed up yeah, on Hooch,
0: yeah. Prison Hooch. Yeah. Um You've seen the statement, obviously, so correct me if I'm wrong, but he sort of told him a scenario. Correct. Yeah. About Deirdre Jacob. Yeah. Boasted. Yeah. And sort of said that he had punched her, I think, in the face and overwhelmed her very quickly. Yes. Pulled her into the car and driven off. Correct. And that he drove to an area, uh, whether or not they ever identified it or not, I don't know, but it was near a lake and that she had sort of come to and struggled. Yeah. And he, Larry Murphy, allegedly, uh, on this drunken night, told his his uh, inmate, inmate pal yeah. that he had killed her because she struggled too much. much.
1: Yeah, keep her quiet.
0: And it's a very reasonable explanation about what could have happened, given no, the lack of evidence, the lack of anything yeah. from the minute she disappeared. Correct.
1: Yeah, it's all. The only person who knows is Larry Murphy, mm-hmm. and to, and the, you're also depending on the credibility of of his his mate inmate mm-hmm. cell inmate. And as I said to me, um, the fact that he's not looking for early release, he's explaining that um, he has a daughter, uh, and this shouldn't he, this guy shouldn't be wandering around. Um, and the fact that he absolutely admits that. Um, he killed a man and so therefore he deserves to serve his time. Yeah. So he's he's saying I have nothing to gain here.
0: Sometimes we have to take information from criminals because they're the only people yep. close enough yep. to either the other criminal or in the case of organised crime the actual yeah. action that Correct. know yep. the real details and you know they come for all sorts of reasons and with all sorts of motives and you look at that motive and you wonder am I okay with that? Mm. He clearly wasn't going to get out of jail okay, or, or gain anything no, from this. So that's important. I it think. is important, yes, yes. no doubt. It's mm-hmm. important. Um, unfortunately, Larry Murphy was released without ever having to answer any questions.
1: Um, he, some police officers who who had been on the periphery uh, you know, over the years would say that, in fact, that, uh, that was an error, that he wasn't arrested on his release. Yeah, because when we were...
0: Uh, Launching the the documentary the other night, um, we were discussing how if you have some new evidence Mm -hmm. that you can arrest a suspect, but you can only question them if you don't, uh, at their behest, if they they will be okay with it. Mm -hmm. So that new evidence, and the new evidence we're talking about is a possible CCTV image of Larry Murphy in the post office just in the aftermath or previous to Mm -hmm. Deirdre Jacob visiting Mm -hmm. that day. Mm -hmm. Evidence that he had he left his card in her grandmother's shop Correct. and had been working in the area at the time of her disappearance mm-hmm. was that available that stage that he was released or did that come later when at this point he had gone to the continent
1: yeah of course it was available yeah um, but they would have um, but that evidence would have been available uh, even in uh, 1998 yeah you know Mm-hmm. So, um. It was it there, yes, it was. So they yeah. had yeah. Yeah. all that time to yeah. find it. And, and he just closed the thing down by saying that. Um, so, was it a mistake, do
0: you think, not to arrest him? Or would they have got any more out of it? They would have put this to him and well, I suppose he was in a position yeah. that he could say, I suppose it's so a judgment common.
1: call, really, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah.
0: Might have put a little bit of pressure on him, but he doesn't seem to be a guy that feels uh, much pressure.
1: No. Yeah. He's almost like w- one step ahead of you. Yeah. And to so uh, he left school very early, either fourteen or six, I think it was fourteen. He always showed an interest in in um, in carpentry, and was kind of adopted by uh, the the this man. His name actually was Doyle, his teacher uh, who uh, kind of took him under his wing and developed his his craft. Yeah, or helped him to develop his craft. Uh, but never underestimate his. Mm-hmm um his acumen uh for um because even as a master carpenter you've got to work out the um the fine details yeah. in a mathematical way which is very disciplined uh, and he carries that skill with him right and most likely carries it into 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 whatever he does. Mm-hmm. And it allows him travel as Correct. well because yeah. you don't
0: yeah. necessarily need the language skills for nope. a trade like that. No, nope. nope. I think there was at one point he was in Barcelona. Did he have his passport stolen? And he had yeah. been working in the boats like the seasonal Yeah, of course. Work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he left Ireland and he went to the UK. He's been in the Netherlands. Yeah. He, he was videoed uh, by a media organisation in Amsterdam
2: Yeah.
1: Um Also in France, was In in France, France. he was, yes. He took a boat to France. Yeah, and he he also visited um, Africa. What was he doing there? He was on a a charity, part of a charity organisation. Again, because of his skills. Yeah. um, uh, That would have allowed him to... um, I think they were building um, units uh, in Africa. Right. There is probably... I've not been able to confirm which charity it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody
0: has ever caused the same sort of hysteria among the public. Every now and then we get a blast still of messages in that he's in Wexford or he's here, there, everywhere. Um, He never returned to Ireland, though. Sure he didn't. Well, he was warned by his his brother uh, never to return. And he was followed around by the media if he actually went when he was. Genuinely was here. Yeah, yeah. So he's thirteen years gone out there, mm-hmm. and you know, I was a bit perturbed to hear that the um, threat level they have on him as regards surveillance on him has reduced, reduced. significantly yeah. because he hasn't been caught doing anything. No,
1: um, in Ireland, because he, the sex offenders register only because became operational um, a year after he was released uh, from prison. Uh, so he's not on the sex offenders register here, but he is on the sex offenders register in the UK. And um, he's been really uh, very uh, cooperative. Um, he's and currently living there yeah. in London. In London, um, but what uh, initially, obviously, he was uh, uh, rated as high risk for reoffending. And now that that has been reduced to medium risk. Right. Um, You'll never go under that, I
0: imagine, you'd like to think.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine it because even the uh, when he was in prison, he refused, obviously, to have any uh, therapeutic um, uh uh, involvement um he uh, wouldn't chat to the um the fr- the psychologist etc so they actually had to from a distance evaluate mm-hmm. his behavior and and whatever else and the evaluation was that he um he can be quiet and controlled and then he can uh, go into um a rage he uh, so but they uh, in the end said that uh, his Propensity to reoffend mm-hmm. was high. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, he could be going to rage and then he was controlled. You know what I mean? He, uh, yeah, he's psychopath.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, he's that for sure. Yeah. Which is something that gives him the ability to go and settle elsewhere and live anywhere in any community without the familial ties that most of us would need (laughs) and the community ties and the familiarity of maybe where you've grown up, etc. That he doesn't need any of that. He can exist (laughs) anywhere and (laughs) uh, he doesn't even need people. Because nope. he is that sort of lone wolf, even though he has been over the years um, you've seen in the company of other offenders. Correct. we are pretty nasty guys too.
1: <laughs> he's able to hold his own. Yeah. But I, I, I think never underestimate him, mm. is really what I think. And um, the other thing, he's assumed um, a new uh, identity in, in the UK. Uh, What's his name? His name now. He's actually changed his name by deed And now his name is Charlie Doyle. But Charlie is C-H-A-R-L-E-Y. Right. Okay?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and funny enough, um, if you look at the Irish uh, translation for Charlie e- E-Y, mm-hmm. it means free man. Right. Right. That could been just a coincidence. It could if be. You, it could be. Mm-hmm.
0: So this documentary, by the way, which is beautifully made and filmed. And uh, I said the other night at the launch that I thought, well, you know, it's so sinister mm. um but the landscape is beautiful oh as well. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The landscape is similar because of the content and and the context in which we're looking at it, but it is beautiful. Mm. And you're at the centre of this documentary because you have been investigating it throughout your journalistic career and... And beyond. And beyond. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, what are your hopes for this? I mean, it's a very powerful piece of television. Um, and... We know that the file returned from the Director of Public Prosecutions in relation to a murder charge against Larry Murphy for the disappearance Deirdre. of Deirdre Jacob mm-hmm. and it came back with no prosecution. Mm. That has disappointed a lot of people and Superintendent Martin Walker uh even explained the other night that they the Guardi believed that they had proved essentially that Deirdre was was dead because in other cases when you're going to court on a murder charge with no body, the reasonable doubt might be yeah. maybe this person's still alive but they were felt they had, you know, really worked hard to sort of prove that which is a terrible thing for her parents yeah. Yeah. as all of this is.
1: But um, there's disappointment there about that decision. I think there is. Um, the decision, uh, the, the file went to the, the DPP Um it took a, a long time for them to make to make a decision, uh, like two years or thereabouts. Um, and um, in the end, they uh, the DPP said that, uh, or they decided that there was um, insufficient evidence uh, to bring charges um, on the basis that uh, what the the they were providing was hearsay evidence effectively Mm -hmm. and this wasn't strong enough um, they felt to bring a successful case.
0: Okay, in the meantime the uh, disappearance of Annie McCarrick has been upgraded to a murder inquiry that's been revisited as well Mm -hmm. Um, and we'd say maybe Larry Murphy isn't the only person of interest in that
1: case. No Um, I suppose one of the extraordinary things uh, about the Annie McCarrick case is why it took thirty years to upgrade it to a murder. Mm. Extraordinary, it is. Yeah. indeed. Like, th-
0: and with all the pressure that came on, correct? From yeah. her family never relented. They never
1: no. gave up. Yeah, and you also had like the the um, the U.S. Um, ambassador at the time. Mm. Um, she also uh, put pressure on. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of of pressure coming from all sides. Yeah. Um but the fact that it took thirty years is yeah. crazy. Because the actual substance of, of um of evidence and whatever else hasn't changed. And again, the the point of that being
0: when you have a murder investigation and if you have a suspect you can arrest and question them. Correct.
1: If somebody is missing, you cannot do that. No, you can't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I mean obviously then for thirty years Annie was assumed to be an unacceptable missing person. Yeah. Hello. Yeah,
0: what is that? What does that mean? That's really no man's land.
1: It is it? no man's land. For everybody. And even now, the, the, person, or the persons who are, are sort of, have come to, to, the, to, to the fore, if you like, uh, they were always there.
2: hmm
0: If you were calling the shots on this going forward, what would you be demanding happen? In which case, no. Well, I think in, in, in all of them. I mm-hmm. mean, so in Antoinette Smith, would you be looking for a full review of that case 20. and particularly focused on forensics? On f- forensics, yeah. Mm. Because you're seeing the links, that, the possible links between um, Larry Murphy, mm-hmm. his uh, victim who survived, Correct. that MO that was used yeah. in that case, yeah. and possibly he was, what, 22 when Antoinette That's Smith right. went missing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I do um, know
0: he likes music. And I think you also pointed out in the documentary that you, all offenders, serial offenders, they advance. Correct, their skill. Their skill. yeah, And that possibly somebody at 22 who would leave a victim where they were later found, Mm -hmm. six months albeit, which is a long time, Mm -hmm. but that they could hone that skill and then another victim down the road would be left where nobody could find them.
1: That would be a kind of. Um, it would. I can't say normal because it doesn't. It's sound reasoned. Right. It's, it's re- a reason thing where uh, um, a serial offender perfects uh, mm. his art, you know, with each uh, yeah. offence. Yeah. Of course.
0: In the case of Jojo Dullard, is there anything that should be being done now?
1: Jojo. Um, it's difficult but, but i mean uh there i mean her, her sister mm-hmm. who now has passed away she worked tirelessly yeah. um, tirelessly um and there were searches carried out etc um and also you know it's not again larry murphy lived very close by yeah so like I don't know what else they could do. I suppose, in a way, keep it alive and keep, keep,
0: exactly. Keep, keep that's the whole point. That's all you can do: appeals, yeah, yeah, hope yeah. somewhere down the road, yeah. a little
1: tiny little. Piece all you need of is a smidgen.
0: A smidgen to, to
1: yeah, and uh, you know, it's for people to say, "Oh, sure, that's not relevant." Yeah. Never say that to yourself. Mm. If something, um, if you have something on your mind, bring it forward. Annie McCarrick obviously has been upgraded to a murder
0: inquiry and the uh, Dear to Jacob remains a murder inquiry and obviously that's still an open book and any further information that comes in. The cold case reviews can often be very, very slow. Very.
1: But I suppose really um, it depends on, well, at the end of the day, Nicola, it's the matter of uh, committing Funds, yeah. permitting finance to, to these um, upgrades, if you like. Mm-hmm. And it really all depends on what uh, finances are made ready to uh, to these uh, cold cases. I was
0: talking to a journalist in Canada recently who dropped into the conversation that it was still an unsolved murder inquiry. So it, it it automatically went into the cold case unit after five years. Yeah. And I was like, that is such a... I know obvious thing to do isn't it a fresh set of eyes on on something like that exactly and these cases it's not as if there's hundreds of them no there isn't very many of them it is a hugely rare thing to happen but also
1: and also Nicola you have to look at the fact that um these missing cases and there are others that um, are not involved in, in this particular um documentary um they all happened within a kind of a 10-year yeah. time span. And there's been nothing, these uh, clusters, there's been nothing like them since.
2: Mm.
1: So how do you explain that? Like we have sort of 12 murderers running around the place mm. and they all were really, they really so got a, a break. The
0: perpetrator was either dead yeah. or maybe was yep. locked up, was exactly. he? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, now, there's another aspect of the documentary which is utterly chilling and it did keep me awake the other night. Like, I don't get scared easy, but those underground tunnels oh, nice. that was oh. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And we'll just explain it in brief so as not to, you know, give away everything that's mm. in the show. But there is this ancient sort of underground chamber, chamber mm-hmm. in an area that is as close as a profiler can... get Get to where a possible perpetrator like Larry Murphy could have left his victims Mm. and it should be searched.
1: Oh, (laughs) definitely. This this is um, a contribution made by uh, a forensic um, geologist. Geologist, yeah. And um, he actually is Irish although he actually is based now in Frankfurt and he uh, David, David Kenny is yeah, his name. David Kenny, and um, he's been looking at these cases for the last twelve years. Yeah, uh, off his own bat, mm. and um, he has discovered that. Well, we know that the terrain um, uh, near where um, the uh, Carla woman escaped uh, is a very ancient. Um, there's a very ancient subterrane under under uh, underground and uh, he has been quietly working away uh, and he has discovered um uh ancient uh chambers under uh, under the, the ground mm-hmm. and that um he has now decided he's going to pr- prepare the um prepare a report for the guardi and he and believes... leaves they uh, he actually uh of his own bat also uh, involved uh, search dogs um, uh, from the north of Ireland. Cadavers. Cadavers. Mm. And extraordinarily, uh, they have pinpointed separately, not not together, the two dogs, separately, the same spot. Yeah. So you can't let that rest. No, and surely
0: a search of a, a pinpointed area isn't that big a deal. No. You know, we're not talking about go out there 30 miles we're talking about
1: and And the important thing is to get um, to get a a warrant to search the area yeah because part of this land is is, uh, private property so we need no fumbling or um, distortion or uh, um, contamination of evidence so I would hope that um, that's the one thing that will come out of this yeah yeah
0: at the one at least I think yeah. it is um, again it is such an interesting documentary it's in two parts it's called Six Silent Killings Ireland's Vanishing Triangle and it starts streaming on Sky and now on just November not December Sunday I haven't missed it 12th the 12th exactly so Geraldine Island thank you very much you've been listening to Crime World a podcast from Sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free Sundayworld.com app for lots more stories. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro?